Welcome to Journey into an Unknown World on Web Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, and I've been doing this show for about two and a half years. And as always, I'd like to thank my listeners for downloading my shows and sharing them. It's very much appreciated that so many people in so many different countries are listening. I recently heard that 80% of my listeners are around the world and only 20% in America. Of course, that would be nice if we could get more Americans to listen, but hey, I'm very glad that you're listening right now. Okay, I've chosen the topic of sibling rivalry. I know some of you may say, hey, I get along very, very well with my family, sisters, brothers, you know, I don't really see any rivalry. But the bottom line is it's always there. So I'd like to talk about it first in a positive way and then go into the negative effects that we are likely to have during any situation where the family is involved. First thing is think about how life would be empty if you didn't have a sister or a brother. If you're listening and you're an only child, you may well have found yourself saying, I wish I had a sister or a brother. And of course, if you found a best friend, you would think of them like a sister or a brother. We all need someone in our family that is around the same age. We need them there so that we can share our ups and downs the pros and cons of our life, the things we like to do. I was one of two children, my sister being four and a half years younger. Being the oldest, I was supposed to set an example. I like to think that I'd set a good example, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my sister thought so. You know, we all have different solutions to different scenarios, but not everyone see it eye to eye about how we deal with those solutions or even tell the stories of how things were. A few years back I was with my four sons who were sitting at the table. We were all musing on the past when they were young. One of my boys brought up a time when they were all doing something they shouldn't be doing which was basically climbing walls and going into other people's backyards. I was quite astounded, actually, to find out that they were even doing those kinds of things. But more importantly to the story is the fact that as each said what they remembered about the event, I could see listening to them, and especially as I was not involved in this situation at the time, that I was getting a different point of view from each child. Next thing I knew, they were all arguing over who was right, which memory was actually the accurate one. I chipped in with, you know, you all have good ideas, but what about the other people who caught you climbing off the fence and going to someone else's yard? And they all looked at me uh, with open eyes and kind of said, oh, we never thought about that. So, of course, the more people you add to the mix, then the bigger the point of view of each individual and, of course, the likelihood of more sharing. 
Having four sons and all extroverts actually taught me a great deal about points of view. When they were young, I used to try and treat them all the same way. If one had a candy, they all had a candy, or nobody got to get a candy. Whatever was going on, there was always some way I was trying to make the parallels the same. But I found out that not one child saw any situation the same. For example, so-and-so got a candy, and I got one too, but mine was actually the wrong color wrapper. I wanted the pink wrapper. Instead of that, I got the blue wrapper. Or, you know, I want that toy because that toy is better than my toy, even though the toy they had was a toy they'd asked for. You see, a child's mind changes from moment to moment, and as a parent, trying to keep up with the flip of mindset that go along with everything they're doing is practically impossible. Okay, as a parent, I set down rules and regulations. I tried to make sure those rules and regulations were followed. Did they follow them? Not necessarily. If I punished them, did that make a difference? Not particularly. If I asked them to interact and behave with one another, did that always follow? Not particularly or necessarily, because each child was very individual. So let's stop for a minute and think about your family. Do you have one sibling that's more artistic and creative, who seems to be in a world of their own, or do you have a sibling that's dominating the scene, taking over all the time? Or do you have a sibling that seems to be intellectual, rationalizing everything away? Perhaps you have a sibling that is constantly moaning and groaning how bad things are. All these influences have had an effect on you. When you go back in time and remember the things that you think you have all the details about, I am willing to bet that your siblings will have a different take on your memories. So who's right? Who's wrong? Does it really matter? I know with my own sister that sometimes we contemplate our parents, our grandparents, the places we went, the things we did. And while my sister has a very colorful remembrance of those events, I have more details, more about what I heard, what I was taught to remember, what I thought was the right thing to do. Whereas my sister just loved to follow her feelings and go with the flow of whatever happened, not being so serious at all. Well, we're just two people in a small family. But imagine that you're born into a large family and you're a lady who had 12 children. All these children behave very protectively towards one another, but also were very individual. And if there was a little spat over whose toy was whose or what was going on, father came down very strongly with stop, and everybody stopped. And then mother said, nobody is going to argue in this house. If you want to argue, go outside. Well, by the time everybody went outside, usually it was cold or they'd forgotten what they were arguing about. And I thought to myself, 
What a good way to stop the arguments. So I tried it with my children. If you're going to argue, go outside. Well, they rushed outside and carried on arguing. In fact, being demonstrative boys, they even fought sometimes. So that wasn't a good answer for me. But I realized through the years as I integrated and helped other people that there was no rule to how to control sibling rivalry. Right now, I'd like you to think about taking a deep breath and asking yourself, is there any negative rivalry going on in your heart over issues that you had happen to you or to your siblings in the past? Take a deep breath, that's it, breathe all the way in and say to yourself, that was then, it's not now. While you're doing that, I'd like you to remember that you can write to me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com and ask me a free question. I'll give you an answer. Whether it's something about your sibling that you'd like to understand, or it's something about yourself, ask me a question, I'll tell you no lies. All you need to do is give me a little paragraph about why you're asking this question and I'll answer. Let's come back to sibling rivalry. Sometimes it becomes a physical championship kind of competition. I can jump higher than you, longer than you, run faster than you, these kinds of things. I've seen families where we've got two or three boys who are trained to all do the same thing, particular family I'm thinking of right now, they were all swimmers. Dad was an excellent diver, but he couldn't swim the distance very well. Different things happened with the kids. One dived in the deep end and actually nearly drowned because he dived so hard he hit the bottom of the swimming pool and had to be resuscitated. At that point, the second son, who was one of the fastest swimmers in school, decided he wanted to quit swimming because he'd seen the danger of his brother and of his life threatened. And so emotionally at that point decided he was not going to be a swimmer anymore and quit swimming, even though mum and dad kept saying, you're so good, you've got Olympic potential. The third child was much younger and had only just learned to swim with his lifesavers on and was not really taking much notice of what the panic was going on with his intermediate brother who had hit his head on the bottom of the swimming pool. But he was aware of jumping into the pool on the springboard and unknown to everyone else. He was so carried away with jumping from the springing board and flopping into the water that nobody really saw him climb to the top and jump all the way in. There was a big panic. He hadn't put on his wings, his lifesavers, and was jumping into the pool in the deep end when he couldn't swim. There was a scream. Dad caught him as he landed in the water and all was well. That happened in my family. So you see, it doesn't matter how careful you are or how much you try and teach your kids what's right to do. 
they're going to have their own point of view. The kid that jumped from the top all the way down into the water and caught by dad went on to be a diver and did very well in school. The kid that could swim the fastest hardly ever swims at all. And the kid that hit his head in the bottom doesn't like swimming. So what do we do? We learn to adapt. We learn to find a new point of view. Daredevilism, if you like, happens in many families. If we've got girls and they tend to run away to who's the prettiest, who's the thinnest, who's the tallest, who's the sweetest, and so on. Well, boys tend to look at who's the smartest, who can run the fastest, etc. In whatever rivalry you see, it is good that this happens because we build our self-esteem, self-worth, and self-value. I've talked about these three aspects in past shows. Quickly, I'll mention self-esteem is how you see yourself when you look in the mirror. Self-value is how you use your time and skills, and self-worth is how you appreciate all that study you've done. If you are adaptable, and if you see that every event is simply a challenge to grow a little bit more, whether it's with your siblings, brothers and sisters, or best friend, you're going to find you have a very balanced outlook in the way you see yourself in this world and the things that you do. And as you grow older and wiser, you'll find this is a powerful stone upon which to build your entire life. Once again, if you'd like to know more about me or you'd like to talk to me, you can write to me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. Now, here I'm going to slip in a little promo. If you've had problems with your health, healing, or relationships, you might like to go to my website, www.drmargaretrvc.com drmargaretrvc.com and download my free healing meditation. Listening to that, you'll feel a whole lot better about your siblings and your family and the things that you're doing in your life. Let's get back to the subject, rivalry. We tend to think of rivalry as staring down at one another, getting your alpha state up, getting your hypnotic state up, being ready for anything, especially the negative. Championship. Let's say you're trying to buy for a competition. you got to breathe a lot. you got to get yourself into the mood. You've got yourself ready to challenge anyone who might beat you. Oh, where did you learn that? Of course, when you were young, when you went to kindergarten, yes, that young, you learn to watch, look, listen, and see what other people are doing. And of course, if you have elder brothers and sisters at the time, you were toddling around, walking, trying to talk, find out who you were, you were copying those siblings. You were trying to be like them. But once you got a little older, and you started to realize you had your own character and your own personality, that you weren't carbon copies of your siblings, up came this immediate need to separate yourself, 
to be you. Of course, everyone in the family is going to turn around and say, well, what's up with you? Why are you separating yourself from us? Why aren't you copying us? Why aren't you being the same as you've always been? We challenge you. Look at us. We are better than you. We know more than you. You can't possibly know what we know. You can't possibly see what we see. Well, young ears are listening. Young eyes are looking, watching. And as the process goes on between what you hear and what you see, you are feeling. You're feeling what your siblings feel. Maybe they're distressed, anxious, worried, and you don't like what you feel. So something inside you says, separate, step back, find my own amusement, find my own way. And of course, once you start doing things your way, any arguments that arise are always about whose way is the right way, whose vision is the right vision, whose ideas are better than someone else's, and so on. Competition rears its ugly head between siblings who start to count the number of times there's been a difference. Of course, in time, it becomes statements like, you never listen to me. You don't believe what I say. You're not the kind of sibling I want. Your mother's favorite. Your father's best kid. I'm out on a limb. And so on and so on. Let's stop for a minute. Take a deep breath and ask yourself, how many times have you had those kinds of thoughts, even if you didn't say it aloud? How many times have you felt left out in the cold because a sibling was getting the attention and you weren't? Or maybe how many times were you jealous because a sibling did something better than you could? You know, drawing a picture, for example, kids will draw together, look across at one another's pictures and think, I can't draw as well as my sibling. My sister is much better than me, or my brother is much better than me. I'm a failure. I can't do anything, so I'll fight them in some other way. I'll cause a ruckus. I'll tear up their drawing. I'll do something disruptive to gain attention because I feel less than adequate because my older siblings or my younger siblings are doing better than me. Yet rivalry is very destructive. Take a deep breath and just ask yourself right now, how much are you holding on to about your siblings? If you're an only child, still take a deep breath and think, how many friends or friendships have you destroyed because you're treating them like a sibling and having the same kind of thoughts. You know, holding on to those kinds of memories is very self-destructive because you're putting yourself down. You're comparing yourself with siblings 
who probably don't even know you're doing it. I know that when I think back to some of the things that I was doing with my sister, my memories are very clear and I think I know all about it until my sister and I start talking and I suddenly realize, hey, she's got a whole different memory from the one I had. How much of what she remembers is true or false or how much is my memory is true or false? I don't know. Am I confused? Does it matter? Not really. All that matters is we both remember an incident and as a result of that incident it's having an effect on us today. The personal question for me is how is it affecting me? Is it bringing up some negativity I need to dump? Some old history I don't need? Or is it actually inspiring me, stimulating me to want to pick up where I left off all those years ago and do something again? Something that I taught myself out of doing so long ago. From a parental point of view, dealing with siblings, you might be looking at your own children right now and thinking, well, you know, I can see this going on. I can see the rivalry. How do I deal with it? And as I mentioned earlier, you know, I tried different ways to sort out my kids, to stop them being rivals. After all, four boys is a lot. <laughs> you may have all girls, who knows? But whatever the mix is, children have their own point of view about you. They have their own personal relationship with you. They have a relationship with you and their sibling. If there are five kids, they have a relationship with each individual sibling and each individual sibling with you and each or several siblings with you and so on. So we have multiple relationships in the consciousness of each child. And relative to how they are feeling emotionally, will store a memory in their subconscious that will in some way be stimulated every time they meet one another. Yes, family reunions, they're wonderful. A lot of times we can sit down and remember things that happened and laugh and cry together and really enjoy those fond memories. But there are other times when someone says one tiny little thing and a button is pushed. And the next thing you know, someone is really angry, someone is crying, nitpicking on whatever's going on in the immediate vicinity with the family trying to disrupt this family harmony. Maybe that one person felt that they never got all the love and attention they wanted because the other siblings had it. Or maybe they felt they were never understood because everyone was busy talking at the same time, never listening to them. There are many scenarios that can set off someone into being disruptive at a given moment. The important part of this disruption is that everyone should be able to stop and think, what are we doing? Why are we in rivalry? Why are we arguing? Is that memory so important? Or is the current issue so vital that it must destroy our relationship. Recently I had a client come to me who had 
a sibling rivalry for many years, which is partly why I thought about doing this show on this subject. It must be very painful to know that someone your mother and father loved, who loved you once upon a time, is now your enemy. I'm fortunate in that I don't have that perception in my family. But there are many families, such as this client of mine, who cannot forgive the past. When we talked about the things that had been done, there were many events piled upon one another over years that were listed one by one. She did this, she did that, she did this, she responded this way, she responded that way, I did this, I did that, and so on. There were so many events that were so bad that ultimately there was no communication. They weren't talking to one another and hadn't been talking for over 10 years. Well, all of a sudden, this one client became aware of her own spiritual growth. She became aware of all the issues that had gone on throughout her life and she was seeking a way to heal this relationship. She wondered how she could call her sister after such a long absence and say, hey, I'd like to get to know you as you are today, not as we were as children. I'd like to know what you're interested in. She felt sure that her sister was going to hang up on her the moment she called. My advice, forget whoever she was as a child. Forget all that hatred and anger. Simply call up and say without any memories of any issues, Hi, just wondering how you are. Calling to let you know I'm fine. We're happy we're doing A, B and C. What are you up to? Leave a message and hang up. Well, she followed my advice. She called when she knew her sister would not be home and left that message. Soon after, her sister called back and said, I was really surprised to hear from you. I remember you as complaining, groaning, moaning, and miserable, so I didn't call you because I felt you would complain some more. My client said, that's funny. I thought it was the other way around. I thought you were complaining, moaning, and groaning, so I didn't call you. Two thought mirror imaged so many years ago caused separation, hatred, and insecurity. And here, after all this time, two siblings, two sisters, were able to start talking about the many things that had happened in their lives, how they had had marriages and children and so on, and I'm happy to say have become friends. Once again, I say to you, if you are in a relationship that isn't working, whether it's a sibling or anyone, you might want to contact me or go to my website www.sumariscenter.com that's S for sugar, U, M for mother, A, R, I, S again, C, E, N, T, E, R dot com and see my reading page and see all the different kinds of readings I do. In my readings, I channel for you the point of view of your siblings, family members, so that you can understand the way they think. 
I can also help you to know how to integrate yourself with them and heal old wounds. I can help you recover from loss. I can help you recover from hardships. I can help you understand how to transform your mind and heal your beliefs. Let's get back to siblings again. If you are in a situation where you have animosity and hatred for your siblings, your sister or brother, you need to realize that it's old history. Whatever you're harping on needs to be let go because it'll make you ill, it'll make you sick. If it's a recent situation where you've been arguing, for example, I had a couple who were arguing over property after the death of their father. I was able to help them both understand that the argument was really dealing with the bereavement of loss of father. Both felt that father had not been there for them and both were harping on what he'd left, which was really all that was left, a house, as to which part of the money each was going to get. But when we put that aside, it was not really about the money or the house. It was about the fact that both felt denied fatherly love and had blamed one another for the idea that each was more popular in the eyes of father. It was simply that father was not a very physical man. He didn't know how to show his emotions. So each had assumed the other sibling had gotten the attention when neither had got it at all. Once this was explained, once they understood that there was no need to be in competition over their dead relative and that life goes on, the issue dropped. They became friends. I hope you'll understand some of these examples and do some deep soul searching within yourself if you do have negative rivalry going on in your family. It's not only going to be between brothers and sisters in your immediate family, but it could be between uncles and aunts, your own parents with their siblings. It could even be between your grandparents. There are many families who don't know where the rest of their family is because of separation, of sibling rivalry, of parental misunderstandings, of lack of sharing. If you're a child who has separated yourself from your mother or father because of sibling rivalry, because of a belief that your parents were taking sides with another sibling, or didn't understand the way you were thinking or feeling, Stop and ask yourself, why are you harping on this? Remember, your mother gave you life, your father gave her life. Between the two, you were created, and created as an individual who has a right to be who you want to be, but who can love unconditionally, without thought of judgment, pain, or suffering, and accept people for who they are, and the way they are, in spite of or despite their negativity. The toughest love that anyone can go through is loving someone who doesn't return it. Ultimately though, you are the winner, for in your heart is inner peace, 
while the one who suffers and rejects is in sorrow and misery. So be joyful that you've listened to this show and you've learned something about sibling rivalry that will lift your heart and help you to be free of that kind of pain or that it will give you the opportunity to help someone who is suffering with this problem. Yet again, I invite you all to go to my website, www.sumariscenter.com, S-U-M-A-R-I-S-C-E-N-T-E-R.com, where you will find all my ebooks available, all my readings available, and all my crystal kits available, as well as many more things, such as my videos and other links to my shows. Thank you once again for listening. I hope you'll be very happy in the coming year. Blessings.